On today's episode of the Holocronicles, we will be taking a deep dive into Star Wars one-liners. It's perfect. They didn't see that. It was perfect. Oh, boy. Hey, welcome into the Hall of Chronicles. I'm one of your hosts, Josh, and this is uh, producer Andy. Live. <laughs> Live tonight. You give a guy one job. <laughs> Just one job. Hey. Welcome to the Hall of Chronicles. On today's episode, we will be taking a deep dive into Star Wars one-liners and starting with, which we hope will become an ongoing, uh, you know, sprinkled in series. Uh, but uh, with uh, Andor, season or episode 10 season one we're super excited um to be joined by the illustrious youtube sensation cads baker which we'll be bringing in shortly but before we get there we want to thank all of you for joining us uh make sure to share um uh, what is that spark spark that light button or like button spark it spark it come on you know you know the reference let's it's a one-liner. Um, so yeah, hit hit the button. Uh, thank you for joining us in the chat, and we hope you enjoy our uh, kind of this. Uh, this is kind of a Star Wars conversation today, Andy. <laughs> this is less about toys and collectibles, and you know, as Cad said earlier in our private conversation, more about some lore and more about the quotableness, particularly of Episode Ten. There are so many lines that have such layered meaning to them. And, and we're going to talk about a few of them tonight. I, I'm sure that everybody who has seen this episode, spoilers, that uh, you, yeah, big spoilers. you have your own like favorite moment from this episode. And, and uh, hopefully we kind of touch on maybe two or three of the big ones because that's where those critical lines are delivered. And, and the performances, like, <laughs> we'll get into that too. But man... It it uh, it was some of the best television of any genre that I have seen in quite a while. Mm. This this episode was fantastic. Agreed. But don't you fear? We do have a little bit of toy action for you. Andy has brought some uh, some spinnies. Oh some yeah, spinnies. Oh yeah. We got some spinnies, so we will not neglect uh, the collector in you. Um, you know, that's a Wheaties commercial or something like that. Okay, so. Um, like I said, we're very uh, we're very honored to be joined by um, the one Cads Baker. You may know Cads. Some of you may, if you've been following along with us, Hollow Boys, for a while. You may know Cads as the official Hollow Chronicles photographer. Okay, very official. Right? <laughs> and uh, if you if if you're un if you're unclear on what we're talking about, let me just oh, give you a little man. taste here. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, mm. yeah, that happened. That's right. And mm, and also, oh, <laughs> <laughs> look how happy we are. He captured that moment. Oh, yes. Uh, in such clarity, plus others, um, which uh, hopefully we can share with you guys a little later on. But yes, CADS will be uh, joining us. And, and as a matter of fact, we might as well bring him in. We even have an intro for him, which he approved. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's give it a go. Uh, 
All right, he's not with us yet. What? He's not You're with us yet. Add the stream. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring him in. We, I, <laughs> there's a little coordination th- stuff here. Cads, are you there, buddy? Anyway, so no, I'll, yeah, is, he is there. He is there. Add him in. Bring him. Oh, in. okay. Yeah, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Cads, my man. Thank you. Welcome in. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. We're so uh, we're so excited to have you. Um, excited well, to be here. Uh, I gave a, a short intro to you. I want to elaborate a little a little more. You are the official Hollow Chronicles photographer, which I think is probably clout enough. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, uh, you. Uh, you you also do your own thing. You do your own thing on YouTube. A bit of a of a DIY uh, slash uh, uh, DIY. You know, like kind of cool stuff around. I don't know. You do you do like van conversions, uh, outdoor stuff, photography. Take it away. You tell. Us. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a person of of many hats. By the way, I need a ho- <clears throat> I need a Hollow Chronicles hat. I, I do need one oh, of those. I got one. Right yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm a photographer, videographer, editor, DIY enthusiast, photography teacher, uh, gear consultant. Yeah, I do a lot of things, multimedia as well as make things with my hands. And I'm a Star Wars um, a, a geek and. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to get some round table conversation going. It will be fun. So <clears throat> tell us, this is a question, uh, I'm interested. Oh, well, by the way, I forgot the most important thing. You're my cousin. <laughs> yes. There is a familial uh, relationship. This is my in. We forgot the blood connection to yours truly. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you look exactly alike. Uh, we do. We're just twins in this regard. Um, the, the, we got beards. We got beards. Uh, but how'd you like that intro? The intro's okay. It's very, I it's, know it's, that you were doing a cool thing. But it's I, very shiny. I mean, I, I like the just kind of like low key music vibe that was in there, a little different than the Hollow Chronicles intro. You yeah, know, yeah. very shiny beard, Keeping which, it. as you can tell, it's got a little sheen, but yeah, it's beautiful. No, you, you show my good side. So, all right. So, tell us what's your, <clears throat> I mean, what's kind of like your Star Wars story? Like, where, when, what's your earliest memory of Star Wars? Since I, I'm very interested in this because I've, I've got a, a personal take here. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, I grew up with Star Wars being that I'm your cousin. It was, it was a really big part of the cousins all getting together and just, you know, playing with action figures. And uh, my earliest kind of like connection, it's kind of interesting because it's just kind of like disjointed memories in a way, but I actually still have it. Um, I have my original like pillowcase that I had as a kid, which is a return of the Jedi sheet. That was sewn into a pillowcase. I was trying to look for it, but it's in my stuff around here somewhere. But oak chest. Uh yeah, yeah. Just kind of the 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 vintage bits. And then uh yeah, I grew up as a collector and ended up trading my collection to you for for a modded Xbox and Oh, um, I remember that. Oh my gosh. Oh, you just brought that back. Yes. Yes, actually I'm gonna bring us into like this screen so we you're not your head's not in the way. Yes, I remember that. So, so, but hold on before I interrupt you with that uh, story, no one cares about. Um, uh, so your earliest memory, like what's the first movie do you remember seeing? You mean like Star Wars or like first Star movie? Wars, obviously. Star Wars. Okay. Um, goodness. Return of the Jedi. I think it was okay. either return or empire, but return of the Jedi, I think had like the most impact on me as a kid. And then as I got older, empire became more relevant um are we the same age are we close to the same mm-mm, age mm-mm. i was big cousin oh so he's younger yeah he was little you, Mike. you think i'm older than josh no i don't know i'm new here i don't know 
Uh, I just figured <clears throat> we're on the same. Yeah. So, uh, but I have a funny, like we watched, I had on repeat at grandma and grandpa's house where you were always at battle for Endor. Ewoks yes. battle for Endor on yeah. repeat. Every time we went to their house, we'd usually show up every weekend. And uh, so I think you were indoctrinated by battle for Endor. So I'm just wondering if, you know, while we're bringing you on with the fa- with the people watching, it, it, they may think that by that statement alone, that your view of Star Wars is a little skewed. <laughs> Potentially, at least it wasn't the <laughs> holiday special, I suppose. But I mean, it also might have been one of the big reasons why I uh, liked Enemy Mine because yeah. the the, yeah. the 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 main bad guy is a very scary alien character, which is a little jarring for you know kids watching the Battle of Endor. Yep. Um, but also, I think it was one of those, um, what one of the kind of the first side series of the original trilogy that was just put out there as being something to set the pace in a very strange direction. Yep. But yeah, no, I got, I got memories of those, you know, uh, Battle of Endor and um, Caravan of Courage. Well, that's all we had. That's all we had in between, you know, before the prequels came out. And uh-huh. those, were our, those were our Star Wars nuggets. That and is. yeah, the the first Star Wars that I saw in theater was the prequels. Um, yeah, actually, no, no, it was the remasters. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, 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 it was the special editions. That's right. How cool is that to see uh, all the cool stuff? Goodness, I remember uh, the Tacoma Dome. <laughs> that was the 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 place to go see with like the the thunder seats where you got the bass that just shakes the house and everything. Oh, oh no, was, no, no. That, so the, no, that was that was the Mount St. Helens. Um, Cynodome. Cynodome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. In, yeah. In Did you go yeah. to the Thunderdome? <laughs> beyond. If we could just get beyond Thunderdome, that yeah. would be. Yeah, anybody gets that younger. reference younger from my friend. I think he's 10 years younger than me. So a baby. So, yeah. So that's very cool. So why don't you set this up for us? Um, you know, as we talk about uh, kind of the theme of tonight, which is, you know, one liners, Star Wars one liners. Um, you and I have been sharing uh, uh some andor together so take the take it away yeah yeah it was uh well we've got we've got a cousin's chat you know as you do um and it was kind of prefaced out there of you know by the way we can have a watch party together and it was just like yeah we we really should be watching some of this um and as we've done it over the past couple episodes the rhythm has kind of been we're sitting there with our phones and we were shooting back and forth these powerful one-liners that was happening directly which just for me Star Wars has really been built upon one-liners in a lot of different ways um, from May the Force Be With You. Um, I have a bad feeling about this. The thing about Andor, though, is that these one-liners are borderline poetry. And it is something which is so well thought out and is deeply embedded in different lore outside of Andor itself, too. So it's been... And then we, you know, immediately after watching an episode, would get on the phone or get, you know, get on a, a, a Zoom call and just be like, okay, so let's run down what we just saw. Um, and then, yeah, actually, after the last episode, I rewatched it a few times. I went over the the powerful monologue multiple times. Um, this is it's this is some of the best Star Wars writing I've ever seen. So to to be able to kind of run down one-liners and how they apply to everything else, I think is a, is a, a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, of course, Andy and I for years have, you know, some of it we haven't brought to the pod even. I mean, you know, and, and same with those of you in the chat, you're always having conversations, whether it's through social media on Twitter um, or, or, and not even like 
out there for everyone to see. Sometimes you're in your own personal groups, which we were all part of, and you're just throwing throwing stuff back and forth. And like, what did that mean to you? What did that mean to you? You know, and and giving your own kind of interpretation, then hearing like really cool, um, you know, interpretations from other people from the way they saw it. And so that's why I like, you know, Andy and I are both like pretty stoked about, you know, just kind of these one liners. Um, and by that, we mean like lines that hold more weight than the moment that they're in, you know, is, yes. is really where we're at. And we really couldn't have chosen a better episode to dive in on first than this one. Not, not only it, in, I think I can speak for the three of us was, we feel like it was the best episode yet of Andor and kind of what, like the whole season has been building and it's still building and building and building and building up to just when you think the, you know, the moment that it's building to happen. Nope. That's just another, yep. another peak along the way. And, yeah. and, and the lines delivered by the performances of Cassian, um, Kino, Mon Mothma and Luthen, like those four had each had their own, like individual moments that were pretty profound, pretty substantial. And, uh, and I, I'm excited that you, you guys decided to clue me in on this because <laughs> now I want in the chat, I want in the, the cousin thread and, uh, and, um, but no, we're going to, we're going to get down to this tonight um, and bring, bring out some of these lines that we're talking about and, and actually really dig down deep in, into what beyond the surface level meanings they they hold. Well, and we had talked about a little bit about, you know, potentially, uh, you know, trying to go back from the first episode, because I think, you know, we've said it in a couple of different ways here. The one thing that I love about Andor, and then in, in retrospect about Rogue One, is that words are meaningful. They're not moment fillers. They're, in, at least in, in from this, you know, writing and perspective of Andor and, and Rogue One, you know, they always say something that's poignant. And, and it's pretty cool that they've led you to start thinking that way. You're like, Oh, what, what that mean? You know? So we talked about maybe going they're, back to, to earlier episodes, Josh, what these are, they're verbal Easter eggs. Yeah, they're totally, that's it. And, and the best part about it, as we'll probably dive into when we, when we bring the first one up and CADS, I'm going to let you take the reins on that one. Ooh. But the best part about it is that, and I've already said this is that they're, they're meaningful in the moment but they're also meaningful in the past and they have something to do with the future. It's yeah. so cool. Like every, every one of these lines and you never, I, at least me, maybe some of you out there have done it, but I never guessed right. Meaning, Oh, what does that mean? And, and they keep it just, it's just really, really good writing. So, yep. all right, yep. cats, let's dive into uh, some, some star Wars one liners with uh, Andor episode 10. Do you have any from, Preview episodes you wanted to bring in, or I, I do, <clears throat> but I want to talk a little bit about this season. Uh, well, this particular episode first, and then I've okay. got one in a previous episode. Um, and I think that you 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 nailed it as far as it has relevance in a past, present, and future, and it's it's getting you to think in a different way. And typically, it leads you down a path which isn't actually the full scope of the story. Yep. One of those in particular that we'll talk about here in a little bit is actually you and I have a, a chat thread where in real time where we were kind of going through that rhythm of being like, well, I don't know if I like this guy. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like this guy. Like things like that, where it just kind of 
you Andor for me shows more of the humanity in any of the Star Wars series prior, where there is no direct. Like there is most definitely good versus evil, but there are things baked into Rogue One specifically that is, you know, we're all rebels and spies that have done horrible things for the rebellion. Sure. And just kind of what that actually the building of that rebellion really started to look like. So what I want to start off with is the name of the episode itself. One way out. Okay. so. One Way Out, of course, is referencing the slogan that was used specifically for rallying the troops to get them out. There is one way out of here. Do what you can. Start climbing. There is only one way out. Within this, it is so interesting to me because there was questions in this episode leading up to that point. And one of them specifically, which was kind of also a question in the previous episode, why hasn't Kino decided to escape yet? Why hasn't an escape attempt been made by him? Has he thought about it? And in this episode, not only does it answer that question, but it, it provided something for me where I was really confused at first. And that was when he is standing in front of the microphone and he is about to address the entirety of everyone. And Andor is pushing him like, it has to be you. You have to be the one to do this. And then he starts and he's like, is that all you've got? And in that moment, you see this internal struggle. But at the point in time, you don't know what that internal struggle is. And for him, it's the fact that the other one liner, I can't swim. He knew the entire time, ever since he's been there, he's in a prison that is surrounded by water. The only way out is through water. There's no boat waiting for him. There is no escape vessel. If he is to actually escape, he has to be able to swim and he can't. So his only way out at that point in time before the rebellion starts to become a thing internally is that he has to stay there until his days are up. Therefore, he is making everyone else comply with it as well. He's keeping his team in line. They're dotting their I's, crossing their T's. They're getting their numbers. And he's just being militant about it. And so the question in the previous episode was kind of like, did he need someone like Cassian to come along and give him a little bit of a boost? And no, he had that boost the entire time, but he knew that he was a dead man standing, which is also what he says before they do the breakout. It's just, you can play it out however you want. But for me, I'm I'm treating myself like I'm already dead. And he knows why. Yeah. So I love that. He knew something that no one else knew yet. When he said, when it fi- when they were arguing down in the in the barracks that he finally yells out, he's had enough. No one is getting out. Because he's known he for himself has known that from the day he, he got in there. He's not getting out. Like he can't escape. If he has to rely on the uh goodwill of the empire he knows he's not getting out he can't escape if even if he wanted to and and that's why i don't think we we saw whether or not he actually jumps or not because well well let me okay guys i'm gonna interrupt you here as uh, okay i'm gonna interrupt you so we will call that a teaser but i do want to bring us back really quick to just the beginning okay kind of the beginning and uh, because I love that point. The problem with that point is that it's going to wrap us up. <laughs> so let's, because I think, well, it's not because there's one more part, which is amazing. There's, the, the, there's, there's but let's, let's just throw this in. Let's throw this in right here. 
And this very first line, it's almost a, it's one of the, you know, in the opening scene. And I, and I love this because, um, Kads, if we were going back to the previous episodes, we start to see cracks in the empire, right? We start to like, we have this order and we're, we're getting that, um, through the, uh, help me out with the, uh, ISB. Sorry. I want to say ESB, um, ISB, uh, we're getting the cracks. Like we know there's infighting. We know there's all, you know, there's power struggles within the empire. Um, and maybe even their own, you know, need for power is, is eroding. They're their, falling asleep their, on the job. Quite yeah, literally. Exactly. Like, because they're playing a game that doesn't have to do with what's really happening. So anyway, but we get this line right here, power, power doesn't panic. And so there's another crack in the, in the you know in the empire so i i don't know how do you guys feel about that line because it was an opening line in this episode which was kind of the culmination of the the prior two episodes mm-hmm. no I, I i fully agree with that i think that the power doesn't panic like from from the get-go in the series this really also kind of takes it back to where andor is specifically you know when when he's talking about how he stole that piece of imperial equipment and he says that the empire has become so satisfied. Mm-hmm. So just, it, it just complacent and lazy and they don't need to because they have that at least perception of power. Right. And within this, you, you, you see the cracks directly fall apart and power doesn't panic. And I think that that moment is where Kino realizes that Andor is right. They have so how do you think Andor? So Andor is really going off of and, and the lines in here from uh, from G Force. I love it. Walk in like you belong there. So we already got that from Andor in earlier episodes. So Andor is really demonstrating kind of his like his his uh you know his he he understands the Empire at their weakest. That's what he's doing. He understands you know th- their their vulnerabilities and, and, and when to strike on it. Yep. And he's putting it into play. And right now, you know, after level two gets sparked, um, they know it's time to act. And he knows he's acting on their vulnerabilities, which we we went back and look, I love that, too, because it doesn't play into the exact episode. But two episodes prior, I think it must have been episode eight. Right. He's 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 uh, uh, on program and he's just looking around that that check in room, you know, before you get on the lift. And that's when he's totally seen the guy comes up. He's like, sorry, I'm late. Uh, they were shorthanded downstairs, you know, and yep. he's like, okay, I got it. I got it. And this is where he, he, he is tuned to sense the cracks in the empire. Yes. Is what Cassian seems to see. Yeah. To really Cassian's be. role in this seems to be like a tactician. Yeah. Um, you know, he has had some good lines in it, but he is, uh, the stick that stirs the drink, you know, other people have, everyone's got a role to play. His is like on the fly, get he's the macgyver he's get out of the jam he's the a team you know let's let's here's what we're gonna do and and we gotta go now yep and and one thing that you made mention when we were having a watch through josh is that he he also does this everything he does is at the last it's not the last possible (laughs) moment but he succeeds at the last possible moment well yeah i think the skin of his teeth every time yeah i think i was saying it's like cassian is always a fraction you know of a second or away from death and he and he demonstrates that that was the second time, by the way, in this episode, it was the second time that they said we're about to ignite the floor, you know, when it goes from white to red. 
And in this episode, they're actually like, what is it? Keith for something? This is his fake name. And they're like, Keith. And he like, as he steps off the floor, it turns red. I mean, he's, if his, if his foot is still making contact, as we've seen several times, you know, even in this episode, he's dead, but he steps off the floor just and, in time, just in time. And that's, that's how Cassian rides the line. He rides the line the whole time. And we ultimately know that he rides the line all the way to the end, you yes. know, which, is, which is pretty cool. So I really liked that take. Or I like that representation of Cassian. If you were to, if you were to dissect it as like his characteristic, he is always on the edge. He is always, he, he is pushing the line of, of, of success or death every time, you know, every decision he makes. Which also, I think, falls into his knowing of when the opportunity is right to strike. And within this was just like our entire plan is centered around a person change. If we wait again, we might not have the opportunity for the, the lesser amount of available hands they have at the station. You got it. All right. So the, the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say to the, the power doesn't panic line, uh, whether it's real power or uh, puffed out chest phony power, mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter. If whether you actually have power, whether you think you have power, it doesn't matter. Like the 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 smoke screen is going to be there either way. You think it, whether you have it or not. The Empire thinks that they have power and control, and they're to quote the Emperor to Luke in Return of the Jedi: "Your overconfidence, excuse me, that's backwards. Your overconfidence is your is your weakness, mm -hmm. and it." It was back then in Andor times and it was in Return of the Jedi times. Yeah, they're, a lot of their power is real because they're bullies. But if you look closely in a lot of places, it's just they're living off of a Death Star shot. You know, they're living off of the, the threat of Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, there, there are things that are definitely scary, but, but some of it's a little like propped up and paper you know paper mache and it's not not actual well and that's and and we'll we'll we won't belabor belabor this too much but that's that's what i love about what we're getting from this andor right now is the fact that while it's still tied in in this episode especially that we saw like man you're late from the empire <laughs> i love that because they have been flawless you know hands behind their back and giant star destroyers and just you know kind of like oh how could they lose and they lost because you know they didn't see it coming type of thing almost stupid and now you're seeing the empire not so much stupid but to your point overconfident yeah you know and with that as well i want to echo and i and i probably will not get this quote correctly but uh, in the earlier episodes one of the things that one of the isb members says directly is that we are go you know we're 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 funneling them directly and we will have them in our fist we will have them in our grip which is also what leia said to moff tarkin mm -hmm. of the more the tighter you the, the tighter you have uh, everything in your fist, the the more galaxies will slip away and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it plays mm -hmm. directly into that where the idea of the empire is to grasp and control. And the more that they're doing that, the more it's just letting go of, the more is slipping directly. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete overconfidence and overzealousness, which is coming through. So we hit, so we hit on the um, cracks in the empire. Let's, let's uh, move on. And there's going to be a lot of a uh, circus in here, a lot of, uh, uh, 
Andy Circus. So uh, here we go. But next. Oh, I love that. Actually, this is a full departure. This is something very interesting about this episode. And I have to be honest, we didn't pull the clip, but we even have reference to Andor's mom in this, um, which was, you know, that's like, that was a little throw in. And yep. and, it, and yep. with everything else going on, I almost forgot about it. And then you go back and I know we're going to grab that in the next two episodes for sure. Yep. But, uh, but, this, but this scene was... Uh, also flawless in my opinion oh so layered every oh. every line delivered has the on the surface meaning and then the actual meaning yep and uh i don't know if you guys ever watch screen crush but um after episodes i will often do that ryan airy does a, a great breakdown of things to look out for and, and man he he nails it every line he gives the actual meaning of that line in this whole scene. And it's just, it's great. It's yep. really good. Screen crush. Go, go shout out screen crush, Ryan Airy. So we know what's going on in this scene right here, right? I mean, well, if you watch the show, sorry, spoiler alert, you shouldn't be watching this. If you watch this. <laughs> um, so tell us what's happening in this CADS. Goodness. Okay. So we've, we have a meeting with this crime Lord who has been kind of more put forward as someone who can give a loan. And, as he comes in, he's like, oh, I thought I would be here more often. I've been here before. And he makes this reference towards little old. I don't really like old. I like new. You know, it's just he just kind of sets the stage, sits down, starts having this conversation. And it becomes apparent pretty quickly that he's not in it for money. And yet that's that's the pushback, which directly happens of like, I would rather pay you for your services than have me owe you something. Yep. And, 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 then, and he throws out the one liner of a little bit of discomfort might be the mm. price of doing business. Mm. And like, well, what, he, what does every gangster want to be legitimized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he presents forward the idea of an introduction for his teenage son to meet her teenage daughter to which Mon Mothma immediately puts up those walls and is like, no, like, is that your only offer? Show him to the door. Yeah. And then you know how tense she got like, it's, she's just like, yeah, you know, you're talking about a Senator who is already putting herself out of position by bringing in such a character, right? She's already putting herself out of position because she has to act the Senator to the guy. And this is where I really want to dive into this comment right here. But I mean, this is just all leading up to it to the guy she knows shouldn't be in the room. And then at that moment, so she's already uncomfortable. And then that moment, she becomes not only an uncomfortable senator, but yes. an uncomfortable mom. Yes. You know, yes. and, and and that changes everything, everything. As, far as, as far as her dynamic goes, right? And in her dynamic, she's usually calm, collected. She is tactful, even when people are yelling at her on the Senate floor and she's having dinner meetings with people she doesn't even want to see, who is in direct opposition to where her where her politics lie. And this person came in and just hit it where mm -hmm. it counted. Rattled her. Rattled and was just, he, yeah. And he basically wants to have his bloodline marry into political power. But, but let's look at this line. That's the first untrue thing you said, which you and I had this conversation. Yeah. Cats or text conversation. I was like, that's <laughs> actually bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. She was lying it. the whole time the whole if time. you were to take it at face value, right? Because yeah. what she was saying, money for charity. It's a charitable charity. It's yeah. so I love that because of his statement, 
He knows exactly what she was talking about. So there were no lies when she said charity. This is a gangster, right? He knows that code words mean what they mean, right? Yep. Okay. It's for charity. Okay, wink, wink. But then when she says, I've already thought about it, or I'm done thinking about it, I forget the, the exact phrase. He's like, well, no. I mean, you were saying like, oh, I need this money for charity. But then when you said, I've already thought about it, that's the first untrue thing you've said, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah. And since she was full of untruths all the way to that point. And he's he's used to dealing with on the surface level lies constantly that those are the truths that he's speaking through. And this is the first yep. time that he like just straight up. And it's interesting because even his demeanor changes when he delivers that line where it's it's yep. almost gentle where he's he like shocked. He's yeah. Like, okay. Well, I think I think he knows. Well, he he obviously knows Mon Mothman, who she is and her standing and where she comes from and, and all the background that you probably would know of a well-known person from Chandrilla, right? Cause that's his business to know. And it's everybody would know that. And so to have him in the room with her, he knows she's desperate. Yep. He knows yep. that because He's why else, why else would he be there? There is no other reason for him to be here other than absolute desperation masked as civility and charity mm -hmm. right so he knows that the moment he said it she waited in her head and at and of course initially her reaction is going to be no never out the door but he knows that she is already to prepared to make some sacrifices because this whole series and we can get into this if you want is what sacrifices are you willing to do yes. for your cause and, and so she is thinking about it and she hates that she's thinking about it and he knows that mm -hmm. and i would argue that that is a cornerstone of this entire show and this is something that i did talk to josh about is that you know if you don't the the story shows where people's lines in the sand are drawn and if you have questions as to where you just need to wait a little bit and then it shows you exactly where those lines are drawn and in this space, I mean, for Mon Mothma, she's trying to do everything right by the books and everything and 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 is constantly the people that she is involved with off to the side, including like Luthen, like is trying to rein everything in. But now it's going out of control and now it's hit specifically directly at home in a different way than it did before. Before she's being watched by ISB, her husband is just a... Yeah. Like, yep, terrible person. Hold on, hold on. Can we can we hit that really quick? Yeah. The yeah. comment, the comment that was made, which was, oh, I've seen your husband a couple times. Yes. And, and, and you know immediately, like, okay, so her husband's been shady dealing for a while. And she's like, I'm sure you have. Yep. And so she knows. And I think to your point, Mon Mothma has been trying yep. to do all of this without getting her hands dirty. Yep. She's been trying to do, and, and this, she's direct and trapped. This is the time where now, you know, like you said, a little bit of uncomfort is, you know, a drop of uncomfort is, is how you make a deal. I, paraphrasing. Uh, th this is the time where she's got to get her hands dirty. And I think we had a comment, which I, I wanted up there. Uh, yeah. Mon will do it. <laughs> I think it was G forcers who says like, give that little brat away. Cause we had that conversation. I'm like, why are we getting this daughter? <laughs> I mean, she's going to, like, you knew it, like, she's got screen time, she's going to come up, but why are we, man, this kid is And, and all that it showcases from her the entire time is just how disrespectful she is to yes. her mom, like, constantly. But, but, but 
Mon Mothma steps up. He's like, you will not. No matter how much she is, she's just like, I'm done thinking about it. And then he calls her out on that. What's interesting about that, too, is he did make mention, this gangster did make mention of that he's met with her husband multiple times. For me, the question also popped up is like, why didn't you ask him? But my guess within this is that he doesn't need to. He already knows where he stands Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. It's Maybe dad's already been like, yeah, if you can get past my wife. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. run it by the boss. Um, do you want to? How many? How many quotes we got left here? Uh, I don't we, know. We got, I wanted, a, we got a handful. I wanted. I wanted to see if it'd be okay to. You know, no, I won't do it yet. Not yet. Keep going. Okay. Right. I changed this my mind. This wasn't the, right. this right. the, the Rocky thing or anything, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Next quote. So we've we've hit this one. Mon Mothma is in a pickle. <laughs> Mm. This, this, uh, and we can, this is Andy's. So Andy, I want you to take this one. Um, this one was like, it's, it's when other Andy circus, almost as good an actor as our Andy, um, Kino, just call him Kino, 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 uh, kick kicks in. And, and, and I think this is acceptance or at least, um, yeah. Acceptance is like, he's finally come to terms with what is happening. So uh, there's a couple reasons why I don't think he allowed himself the opportunity to think about life after this. Mm-hmm. Um, because he knows if you're looking at a number of days on a, on a timer, uh, you'll go crazy. So, and he knows that he can't escape anyway, knowing where the base is at and his lack of swimming ability. So that, that was, I mean, the, the quote came up here earlier in the chat. It's like, not being able, this is the saddest not being able to swim I've ever seen. And because he had, once he had finally allowed himself to listen to Andor, uh, then at that point he was doing everything for everybody else. So when we talk about sacrifices, he knows that even if this plan succeeds, he can't, he can't do it. He can't, well, and up he's, until that he's point, doing, he's being yeah. a hard ass for everybody else. He was like, if he wasn't the hard ass, then they fall behind, and then one of them gets zapped, right? Like, right. or a group of them, or a table gets zapped. So there, like, well, it, it became his purpose. His purpose was like, I'm going to keep you alive. I'm going to keep you safe, and I'm going to do it through being, you know, so you know, the boss, you know, you know on program, you yeah. know, and and just really getting them. But but in reality, which we'll get to, uh, which we kind of got to already. Um, in reality he's he's full of fear right this is fear oh it's fear fear led all the way but once but at the same time and cassian knows this because he's a he's a button pusher he knows that because they have spent the entire time listening to him yeah and being the voice if the message comes from him that no one is getting out well it will be received a lot better than if the new guy says it. Well, this is yeah, the- and, and even in the back, in, if I may, even in the background, when Andor is first saying that, you start hearing the voices rise up a disbelief where they're like, I don't believe it. You heard it. That's good. You know, and then that's when uh, Kino steps up. And yeah, this is it. Yeah, you're at, that's exactly the point I was going to make. This is the moment, even before the microphone moment. This mm-hmm. is the moment where Cassian and you, they even show Cassian kind of step back and go like, there it is yep. because like, like Cad said, it's like, they're going, well, who's dead? You know, oh, no way. Oh, what know. doctor said that? You know? And then he goes, 
no one is getting out. And he just yells it and then everyone shuts up. Right. So Cassian at that moment realizes, yeah. and then we have a great, I have a, I'm, I'm excited about a statement later on, but um, yeah, there's gravity in Cassian knows that there's gravity when Kino says something. And so once it comes from Kino, then it's real. And yeah. if Kino says it, they listen because that's what they've been doing. That's what they have trained themselves to do is to listen to Kino. So if Kino says it, it's gospel. And if Kino's on board, it must be because that has to be the way. So if there's no Kino on board, there's no escape. Yep. There's no getting yep. out. Exactly. And so he doesn't, <laughs> I love this. Cassian doesn't have to convince everybody. He has to convince Kino. Exactly. Yep. That's it. And, he yeah, and, and, and with that being said, there are those moments when the day shift and the night shift are happening and they switch through. And it's like, did you hear what happened on two? And like, nobody believes it until you have the shift leaders confirm like right. the, the shift leaders command so much respect from the day and night shift. They are the, the, the ones that bark the orders. They're the ones that keep everyone in line. They're the ones that, you know, ultimately are protecting them as well. So I think that was super powerful. And I want to point something out so we can keep it as a thread of thought is like, just in this image right here, uh, Andy, you brought this up and actually CADS brought it up. Cir Circus's face, uh, you know, mm. it, it's his, his expressions like that right there is is like is 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 rage combined with fear fear it's just absolutely like he's he's just conceding to the fact that no one is getting out which i love yeah the and i believe that what i had said to you is like the words that andy circus kino says are amplified by the expression on his face yes. he is such a good performance actor and we know this from from the digital characters that he's played and because he's he is so himself animated when he speaks and his eyes and his face they give off the expression of the emotion you are feeling and you then feel exactly what he's trying to emote and 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 speak with his own words and, and you just you get sucked into it because that's what that, he is such a good actor. He's he's so much more than a digital actor or, or Ulysses S. Claw, uh, you know, for uh, Marvel. You know, like he, he really brings like all you need to see of him is from the chin up and you will buy into whatever he's saying. If he's being a hard ass, you feel like he's talking to you and you're like, OK, you shrink. If he's afraid and scared, you're with him when he gets to the lip of the of the of the prison and sees that he has to jump into a body of water to leave and he's kind of like huh, i can't swim like i never thought i'd make it to this point and now that i'm here i can't i don't know if i can do this and and he's cleared the the hardest thing but the biggest hurdle in is is, is in his head and we all feel for that so I, I just i was blown away just upon that realization like man he really brings every word's emotion to life i know he's 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 amazing it's loved uh, it loved it maybe my favorite per circus performance <laughs> all right next slide now guess who it is so i don't know that we need to spend too much time on this i only have one point to make and cads uh it, this was what you and i kind of went through here's here's what i loved about this scene because prior to this scene what happened he was hesitant 
and Andor had to tell him, Cassian had to say, hey, you know, get on the mic, get on the mic. And what did, uh, and, and we saw his reluctance. So we could all speculate, right? Cause I guess we've, we've teased enough about probably the next slide um, <laughs> that, that he's not going to jump. Like he can't swim. Do you think that was a, a reason behind his reluctance to maybe push forward because he, hundred percent. do you think that? hundred percent. Yeah. I think that his, and, and you see it. I so I've gone back and I've watched the prior two episodes after viewing through and you see it multiple times in his hesitation, in his acceptance that something went wrong on level two. What was that? And once they, when they're talking with the doctor and the, the truth of it comes out that it's worse than they killed over a hundred people, but they made a mistake. And they reassigned someone who was released to a different floor. Word got out. They rioted and they had to kill an entire floor to keep the secret safe. At this point, of course, Kino has thought about escaping. He knows that there are not more than 12 guards per floor at any given time. He's ran this through, but his plan would never, ever work. He would never survive because he can't swim. That is 100% where his hesitation is. But, and actually... I'll I'll save my my next thought for uh, one of the next one liners because it does tie in back to. Oh, I want to add though because here's the power. What I found to be very very powerful about this scene, given that Cassian had to kind of you know urge him to get it done, like really had to push him, and I text it to you and I'm like, it's Cassian forging leaders, which it doesn't mean that Cassian necessarily. is the leader and he never was you know from from everything we know of cassian through rogue one and everything we know through the episodes uh, prior to this he's obviously a leader but he always takes the step back right his his mission with Jin was to let her mm-hmm. step up his mission right now is to let kino Take lead charge, and yeah. he pushed him and he's like is that all you got you know i mean it, cassian forges leaders and there are people which I love because there are people I almost identify with this. There are people out there that make other people better, even though they themselves probably could pull the toe the line. Cassian is willing to let other people do what they're good at and succeed with, without any benefit to himself, other than the fact that if the, he's got it right, then, then he'll, they'll pull them him through too, you know, which is, I, I find fascinating. Yes. If he does step back, he steps back in that moment and it's so good two things this is this is why i this is like a we talked about this the last time we potted like two months ago um mandalorian always seemed to take a back seat to the character of the episode you know whether sure, it's ahsoka sure. or boba fett or you know bo katan you know he he or grogu even for the whole first season <laughs> you know he, he was all the seasons yeah so <laughs> like like mando always kind of took a back seat to whatever was happening in the particular adventure that he was on in that episode um this is different uh andor is is again he's the stick that's stirring the drink he's causing other people you know when he was on that on the mission um on that planet like he was not the one in charge but he was the one that got people where they needed exactly. to be and, and and getting out. So this is, you see this, you see this starting to happen over and over. And, and man, I just, 
Well, I'm going to read a comment. We haven't read, we've been putting them up, but we haven't read. I love Paul's comment here. I think the Star Wars story, this Star Wars story is the one that most of us could actually see ourselves in. And that's the reason it's awesome. I like that oh, because geez, he, that would be terrifying. Well, I, what? Which one but, are you, Charger? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen that where they take the Mon Mothma part, one of the parties she's at, and there's a charge? Yeah. Someone superimposed a Jar Jar in the background. You're like, I, no, I haven't seen yeah. that from the Senate. Anyway, um, yeah, but that's uh, that. I agree with that perfectly, and and it's so cool because. Cads, think about it. We've talked about this. This is another layer where they're like, you know what? Cassian, totally capable of taking charge if he needs to, but absolutely knows that's not the best plan of action, especially given the position no. he's in when he gets shuttled off to be some spy by getting basically kidnapped by Luthen, you know, after yeah. a deal goes raw, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and what I do find, which is really interesting too, to that note is that Cassian is kind of using a salesman technique in a way, like he's basically trying to say that, Hey, um, he, he makes you think that it's your idea in a way. So like, for example, when he first starts the conversation of breaking out, Hey, you're going to tell me what you know before you leave and all this kind of stuff. And he starts kind of breaking that down. He gets just completely shut down. And in fact, Kino turns over on the other side of his bed to turn his back to him and everything. And the next day happens, word gets out about two and just, he looks over to Kino and is just like, you know, you need to keep your cool. The less they think we know the better position that we're in. Yep. And he's all of a sudden, he is that leader for a second or reminding him to keep his cool, but he's not the one that's, that's barking the orders or anything like he's, yep. he's leading he, the he, leaders. Yeah, exactly. He's he's forging the leaders. Well, and, and look, you know, if you watch any good war movie anywhere, you know, uh, that that really gets down on the front line. It's always the sergeants, right? It's always the guys in charge of the squad and the general is up there making the high level orders. And then it's that sergeant that that that, you know, says, let's go. It's never lieutenants. Lieutenants are always just officers that are stupid. And and the sergeant takes over after they get shot. Well, there I, I, I do have one. So in the, yeah, in by the, the way, at at the, uh, any lieutenants out there, yeah, any veterans, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you're a lieutenant. Um, but I will say that there is a direct reverberation, uh, 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 no, um, uh, a mirror image, if you will, like between the leadership we're seeing in the rebellion that's growing versus what we saw initially with just, uh, what's his name, Cyril? Yeah. When he was brought on by that like stout Irish, loud, like good public speaking. And we've got, we have a, we have an officer with us. Okay. Your time to talk. And mm -hmm. he just botches the entire thing mm -hmm. and does not inspire confidence or anything it is yeah, it's a juxtaposition, right? It's the exact opposite yep. of what we're seeing with this. Yep. Okay, next slide. That's a good. Yep. And here we are. We're back. See, this is guys. I was like, you guys jumped into it in the yeah. beginning. I'm like, oh, you. yeah. But you, you want to skip it? Right no, I don't want to skip it. Because I think that what, what we've talked about has all led to this because I think we all have differing, differing opinions, especially in the chat. There's people already that are like, oh, he makes it. We're going to make, they're going to be, there's going to be a, 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 a Kino spinoff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kino, Kino be, a Star Wars story. Yeah, it'll just be him at the YMCA just figuring it out, you know, water wings. 
Um, yeah, no, uh, this moment right here, because there's different opinions. You and I had a different opinion, Andy, mm-hmm. on, in our, in our one liners to each other, our opinion, my opinion was he knew the whole time that he couldn't swim. And your opinion was it, it, it didn't even cross his mind until he got there. Am I saying that right? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see both of those. I mean, when you're in the moment, you know, maybe there's a ship on top that you can fly out on or something, mm-hmm. or or maybe it's not that far away from shore or, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they saw that on the way in, but, um, but yeah, there, it does look like, like he gets to the lip of that edge and, and just, and it's kind of like F me, like <laughs> I can't. Now I, I do have, I, a counter, I do have a counter I can't make it this far, but I can't swim guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. So go, go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah. actually it, it is tied in with a one liner that does come along with the monologue that, okay. um, once we cross that bridge, we're almost there. So, I mean, if you want, we can flip back and forth or we can move on from this since you guys gave your, your, I don't have much to, do I don't have much to say about this other than, cause we talked about it in the beginning is that I believe I believe that he was compartmentalizing his anxiety about the each step and that he was literally shocked that he made it to the point that maybe, you know, way back when he knew like, oh man, even if I did escape, I wouldn't be able to swim out of here. But he was so shocked when he got there that, you know, we can't do it in video, but right here is he just kind of goes, he goes, can't swim. Yeah, just kind of, like he's got a grin, not a grin, but kind of just like a whimsical, like disbelief. Resolve. Yeah, yeah. Like he just it's, can't swim. And and so he was shocked that he made it to this point because every other step along the way was impossible. Swimming is impossible, but he, he's like, I can't even get to that point. And here he is. And, and, and that's what sometimes happens to us is that we'll do things all the way up until the point where you face like your real, your real fear. And you're like, Oh my God, I never thought I'd even make it here, let alone have to face it. And mm-hmm. here he is. So that what was I love, what I love about this scene as well is that, uh, Andor is pushed off, like accidentally pushed off the edge. Like that is the goodbye. There is no conversation for, Oh, you can't swim. Let's figure out a way you could make it. Yeah, we talked about that, right? Like, That's so shocking about the show where it's like, it's just, we're so conditioned through all the different cinema and television shows is like, when he said, I can't swim the next line I, I expected and would have accepted was don't worry. We'll take you with us. We'll help you guys. Grab him, jump. And I, I just thought that, and then it was just like, and and so that's what I love so much about this is like every time I think I can figure it out with my super, super smart conditioned brain for for, you know, uh, blockbuster movies or or series, I get I get tricked by Andor's writing. I, I, I love it. And that's what keeps me going like, holy shit. And then we just had Lefko say uh, confirmed uh, there's a, a Kino series. So, no, he lives he <laughs> breaking. Lives. Breaking. He lives. He lives. Uh, which, which to be honest with you, I'm almost a little disappointed. I would have liked to have seen this just end like this, right? I would have just been like, eh, but we'll see if that comes up. All right. Ready? Next ready. slide. Oh my God. Okay. So we talk about Andy Circus's acting ability. Oh. Screw that. This guy, <laughs> this guy, was that Scorn's guard? Stellan yeah. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah. yeah. I get, <sighs> this is, this is Emmy worthy. 
This is oh, 100%. But, this is his monologue for an award right here. I mean, uh, you could say that Circus had his moment in this episode too. It's did. just a it's just a perfect episode. I mean, it's a one-up episode of epic proportions. Yeah, they're each one-upping great performances. So, I share my good dreams with ghosts. I share my dreams with ghosts. I mean, it's and this so is good. just one on top of like like I said to you uh, to, uh, this is poetry. You want this me to read the whole quote? Yeah, please. Uh, well, hold on, Cads. You have the whole like. Let's. Yeah, I've, I've actually got the whole thing pulled up on my end. Do you um, guys want to go back and forth and yeah, do I'm like down to, we'll read. Down to read. Let's go. You do each right. line, every other. <laughs> well, uh, his line is longer than mine. I don't know. All right. So, what you've seen. so, so with, with within this 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 monologue, there on the topic of one liners, every sentence is a one liner in this mm-hmm. entire thing, the entire breakdown. And on top of that, the emotion and the way that he drives these home, he stutters on his words on some of these as he's as he's delivering this directly. It's the first time you see him in a vulnerable position where you have this mole that's been conditioned now for six years into the empire. He's trying to find a way out because he thinks he's sacrificed so much. He presents this case to him and then says, a basket of goodies. And what do you sacrifice? And he thinks he's got him. He's in this just like, my sacrifice means nothing to you. Oh, I think about you all the time though. Like, but, and what is it that you sacrifice? And he just steps forward, like more into the light. Right. And then as, if, as if not showing his face was sacrifice enough, because that is a vulnerable place to be for him. Right. Mm, he does point. not show his face to good anybody. Point. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Go. All right. Should I? Should, should we? Should we read this? Like yes. Uh, and what do you sacrifice? Calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space. Mm. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago, from which there's only one conclusion: I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight. They've set me on a path from which there is no escape. I yearned to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. And then in that moment, like he, he yells everything. And there's a pause. And he says, you'll stay with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. It's so good. And so, within there is so many one-liners. Um, one in particular that I really want to hit upon, but do you do you folks have more to say on that? Well, too? no, we have too much it, to say about this monologue. Uh, in, a, in a general sense, we know, like, a, and we've always known that what these individuals are sacrificing is everything okay but in this episode we're seeing exactly what that everything means and and maybe in a way that you haven't before mm-hmm. they're sat like kino sacrifices the whole idea of allowing himself to think about escaping knowing that potentially he can't swim and so everything he does is for everybody else at that point 
that is a self-sacrifice for the greater good, right? And that's what they're all doing in a sense. Uh, uh, we saw the it, sacrifice of the prisoners on the floor throwing. Right, right. And, Some and get shot. Saved Andor by hucking an exactly. object and got shot. We see Mon Mothma. Her sacrifice is not only her status and position of, of, uh, of privilege and of influence, but she is now having to contemplate what exactly, not in sacrificing her family in death, but her daughter in life. Like she would be sacrificing a living, it would be a living sacrifice. Not, not She's not going to die for this. Her daughter's going to live potentially as the daughter-in-law of a gangster just so that she could move some money around and pay for some rebellious activity. Like that's how desperate this is what sacrificing everything means. We see Luthen in, in his whole speech. I get the feeling, I've told this to Josh, that he's already lost somebody close to him in this fight. And, and it has started him 15 years ago on this mission towards which that he cannot. He, he, ha, he, he is sacrificing his own men for that guy across from him he's sacrificing 50 50 50 men and side note can we even talk about the elevator ride where he's just like 50 men yes you're worth you're worth that much to me and he would have if saw guerrero was on board would have sacrificed saw guerrero and i wonder Mm. if news of that would get back to saw and make him even more jaded and this is what makes him more jaded to the rebellion perfect because Not only he's he's willing to sacrifice his own men for this one guy, and he tells them that you mean so much to what we're doing. Fifty people mean nothing to me. Fifty infantry mean nothing to me compared to what you can do. And that's like there is weight to everything. And I even call back to Galen Urso in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. What did he sacrifice? His family, his wife, his daughter, his future. And his reputation as the creator of the Death Star, just so that he could build a flaw into it that maybe somebody down the road, they're all, they're all under the assumption that none of them will see this come to fruition at the very end. None of them are going to make it to the finish line. So they're all sacrificing their futures in that regard, too. So it's like, this is what sacrificing everything actually means. And can I can I interject in in that vein? Because our little mole here says, what have you sacrificed? I think that it's a very important position because then we get this monologue, right? We get this monologue. And what is what is our mole sacrifice? Look, he just had a kid. He just realized what life was worth. Mm-hmm. He just did. He, and he said that he goes, he said, I, yeah, he specific said, that I didn't know I'd feel this way mm-hmm. when he had the kid, which we've, if you had kids, you know, like, I didn't know I'd feel this way. And then they turn into teenagers and like, I didn't know I could feel this way. Um, anyway, but that's, that's where it's, it's this, uh, the, the word is not entitlement. It's like where, where you deal with those that have not been through it. Your eyes are opened. You have, they have not been through it, but they will tell you they have. And he just told them back, like, no, wait, this is actually, this he is, will actually, then. this is what <laughs> being through it equals. You are just beginning. And, and I think sacrifice 
I love that because sacrifice could be, look, if there was a whiteboard in the room of the creators, you know, and the writers and that are coming off the back of Rogue One and they're like, we're going to do this Andor series, that should be in bold at the top, sacrifice. That's it. And mm -hmm. by that, it's like, do you really know what that means? And then you have to dive in because they just showed that to us. That guy was like, I've shit. I've uh, I've given yeah. Well, he was. He was like, oh man. But I've given I've given you know all the six years of my life, and I've I've been sneaking around, and I have a kid. I'm sacrificing their safety right now because I'm scared. He's scared. He's not he's not in danger. I, could, no, not yet. As a matter of fact, if Luthen just said, okay, you're good, he's totally fine. He'll just go on upon upon his empire, you know, path. But Luthen has sacrificed everything, including. 50 men of his own and you know how quickly he made that decision when he found out the plan knee-jerk reaction yeah. perfect yeah let him <laughs> let him find good. out good we're on path it'll it'll make your status go up and that's worth 50 men to me and the only way you can make a decision that fast is if you've already done it yep Too numerous many. times like yeah so there was something in that in that monologue where he says that he uses the tools of his enemy mm, and, yes. and to be, to become, to get to the point where the only way you know how to win is to use the tools of your enemy. Well, what are the tools of the enemy? And I wrote this down here. Um, cruelty. Um, indecency. And he kind of alluded to that too, sacrificing his own men for the sake of the bigger picture and and like th that's what the empire would do to fight against him they would they would blow up a planet with their troops on it just to kill a jedi yeah you know and so like what would they sacrifice they would they would do whatever it took no matter what line it crossed no matter if it was ethical or not or if if and that's what that's the game mon mothma's trying to play she's still trying to like you said try to keep her hands clean and still play the political game in all of this but it's it's it it's can't it blood. can't be won that way it can't be won that way and you need almost atrocious people equally atrocious people fighting on your side to to commit to the cause to the degree that the other side sees oh that oh okay well i wasn't prepared to go that far that person is and so now they have the leg up so where and that's where you see the lines directly being drawn from how far is someone willing to go and and it does kind of tie back into the one-liner as well of moving forward there are no rules and he's playing that role directly within there and it's such knee-jerk reaction stuff as well and he is very very well aware of it as well that his fate is determined too and there is no ground for him to stand on in that space, but he does need as many heroes as he can get. I just mm. good, and I like that left coast. Uh, what I meant, but aren't all the men under his axis's uh, control his men? So, I mean, yeah, willing, sort of. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's I mean, what I meant. He's willing to he's throw away. Pockets. He's willing. He's willing to throw away resources. Yeah. in order to support that. So, And I what I did like about that elevator ride, though, too, is that as he's telling them, he's like, yeah, they're looking for, a, or they're looking for this person they call Axis. And you hear him go, hmm, Axis. Where, like, all of a sudden, he's got this tag name for himself, where he's like, oh. Yeah, he likes it. I like that, man. Yeah. Huh. I, might, I might put an album out. Um, 
but that's that's what I said. Uh, like it, it's tyranny. It's it's actually it's he's a tyrannical figure, and that's what we talked about, right? It's like, uh, uh are you, are you it's reading not, your thread? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's yeah. not tyranny if those that support you think it's good versus evil, and you're on the good side. Like you're not the tyrant, right? You're fine. So that's where we're at. But remember, that's what made us ask. And and Cads, you asked the question mm-hmm. before the monologue, literally thirty seconds before. You said, "I'm not sure if I like this guy." And then, yeah, you, it, the, 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 series went has, the series has such a good way of building up questions to you're just like, "I don't know how I feel about this," and then it answers it, and it answers it in a way that is so potent and powerful and leaves no question and that's what i'm talking about the lines being drawn like all of a sudden you see where his lines are drawn like he is fighting here for a greater good but he is the one person out of all of them that is just willing to make the most massive amount of receive the sunrise yep soul destroying sacrifices knowing that he's building a future he'll never be able to be part of there's a greek proverb that says a society grows great when old men plant trees in which the shade they shall never sit. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, you know, this is a very violent version of that quote, right? They're going to, they're going to scrap and claw and kill and fight and do everything underhanded that the empire would do to them in order to provide a future, maybe a couple generations from now, that they that they will never see the light of and i would i would also argue that that particular line of just it is applicable to every single character that we see in andor of just the sacrifices that they're making to have a bit of better future they might not be part of we're talking like andor's mom or andor's parental figure who yeah. is still she, even though she can she's sick and she can't move around she's still going to inspect to make sure that the tunnels underneath the city are there and available in case the rebels decide to use them like it's just you you have these pieces which are set in motion where people know they will not see that future directly or they might not see it but the sacrifices there they therefore are putting forward are directly related to that cause but where is everyone's line at directly you know I, this makes me think like the only one that we know makes it through is mon mothma but and, we don't know yeah. we don't know if she has a daughter with her and we don't know if her husband ever takes her side, you know, we don't, there are things about Mon Mothma that, that we will learn to see who the Mon Mothma and the return of the Jedi actually is. You know, she's, she's getting, she's getting pushed and pushed and pushed to a point where she's, she's going to end up, I think becoming like Luthan. She's going to sacrifice it all whether she wants to wouldn't or not. she be luthan's protege at this point like un, un indirectly in a, a more polished version probably no just somebody like to your point that is just going to fall into that position not by grooming not by polling but by necessity here she comes so and, so return of the jedi mon mothma gives yeah. the same speech yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe. And I also think so. I went back and ro- watched Rogue One as well, and it's really interesting to go and watch that now through the context of Andor, because there are so many similarities that are playing out directly. And one of them is that 
when we have Jen Urso and there, she's pulled into the rebel base and is being like, do you know where Saw is? Like, can, if, we, if we made a contact point, do you think you could talk to him? Well, this is the reason why. Turns out your dad is making the Death Star um, plans and we are, you know, da, da, da. Then the, the head of that conversation tells Cassian, forget everything you heard in that meeting. This is not an extraction. This is, we're putting a hit on Galen uh, and this is... Yeah, you, this is this is your mission directly. Like there is there's that ruthlessness uh, throughout the entire way that this person is much more of a liability alive than he is dead. But Cassian, so, therefore, in that, in that platform, that. sees it different. So we have a final image, Cads. Did you want to bring that in? And uh, speaking yeah, of Rogue One, and absolutely. And so landing. Uh, by the way, Andy said it first. Uh, there couldn't be a better show to start our one. Our, Star Wars one-liners than uh, this episode because it was packed, full, full, packed not only with with answers but with questions and with in the moments. It was fantastic. Now, before you switch to that image, real quick, I want to say one thing, and I just want to take one step back to the previous episode, and the name of that episode is "Nobody's Listening." Right. Which, of course, is what Andor is screaming, trying to get Kino to understand that the Empire doesn't care about what they're talking about. Nobody's listening. The entire plot points of that entire episode is nobody in any of the different storylines are listening, which ironically also they <laughs> you're getting down to that evil scientist who's about to start the interrogation and He's in that room and he's describing, oh, we did a live telecast of this entire elimination of a planet. And then we had our engineers extract out just the screams of the children. Mm. And this will get you. This is our torture device to get you to talk about anything, which is ironic because nobody's listening. But in order to listen to that, you will, therefore, give all the information moving forward. That isn't a direct parallel to the end of Rogue One, where they successfully beam out the Death Star plans and as they're hobbling out, Cassian says, do you think anyone was listening up there? So you you have this juxtaposition of just this darkness of the rebellion and the success directly of it, which I also think plays into the next photo as well, as well as the one-liners. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Whew. And there it is. The sunrise burning god it's so good there it is so this is the entirety of what the rebellion is building up it's all about that direct sacrifice that they are making for a peaceful galaxy one of which they might not even exist in i would argue that's exactly what kino did kino knew he could not swim Yet he led everyone and he, he put himself directly on the line to lead all those people out to save as many people as possible, knowing he wouldn't make it out. You know, I just had an idea. Huh. Mm. Do you think what season one and season two of Andor are building up to is Rogue One? No, maybe not. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> no, but hold on. Like, because maybe not. Like, because Rogue One can stand on its own. So, yes, of course, building the character of Andor. But look, we don't have a K2 yet. 
we thought we were going to get her. <laughs> we were like, oh, here comes the gay dude. No, no, he just got thrown in prison. So, yeah. Anyway, this is, a, this is an idea. This is an idea. What I will yeah. say in regards to Andor, kind of outside of the one-liners, which I think solidifies this being, for me personally, the best piece of Star Wars content that has come through the pipeline yet, is that it is actively redefining what we know Star Wars to be. That the first time we see a TIE fighter, it is the most terrifying thing where previously in prior Star Wars content, TIE fighters are disposable little toys. There's, but yep. this time you actually hear it just like rip through the same way that like a fighter jet would. It puts it into a consumable piece of media that we understand because the Empire can't be terrifying if they're stormtroopers that can't hit anything when they shoot. This time it actually shows power in numbers, but it also shows the cowardness the Empire has too when they are outnumbered. I and agree with that wholeheartedly. We talked about that. I, I, I remember us, like, I was like, you're freaked out because they're on the ground. They got to hide behind a rock and a TIE fighter is coming through. And in any other setting, as, as long as there's an X-Wing in the sky or in the space, the TIE fighter's dead, you know, but when down on the ground and they're making their pilgrimage to the, to the, you know, not those guys, but you know what I'm saying? They're walking on the tundra. Yeah. That's scary as shit. And they're like, we got to hide. So I love that. That's perfectly said. I think that's, can we, can we agree? And I think we're, we've seen a ton of agreement in the chat. Like, I don't know. We keep bringing that up, but like, I, I love this. I love this mature, Star Wars. I love not mature. Mature is even a bad word. Like it's not a good word for the. I just love this very smart, very thoughtful, but not remove, not pretentious version of Star Wars. They're not removing like, oh, that's so goofy. Let's get no. They bring it all in. You know, they bring it all in, and they still make you, and then they make you think even a level higher or ten levels higher about like the Empire, which is in its own way very. You know, if we go back to the to the movie, you know, it's almost like we're we're getting like the cliff notes from the original movies. And this is bringing us down into the depths, you know, the real depths of, of it's, love it's, it. it's not it's not spoon feeding us narrative. It's giving us the tools and the clues. And it's so good at being able to do that, that it also confuses us along the way where yeah. it's like, wait, why did they show the daughter that many times? Is Oh, that's Here why. Like, yep. why is Kino hesitate? Oh, that's why. It's it's something where potentially not more mature, but it's not. I think it's the first series that isn't relying upon nostalgia. Like it is it's redefining what nostalgia is. And there's been multiple points where it brings up something where, you know, that it's going to be this the Star Wars way of presenting this. But then it just flips it on its head and it makes the Empire terrifying. TIE fighters terrifying. It makes the rebellion feel like the rebellion. I, th I would argue, I think it's the most human and relatable Star Wars series where if you take Star Wars out of the equation, it is still exceptional television. Yeah. Um, everything from the writing, the cinematography, the, um, the emotions, the, the I text you, I text you during the prison scene. I'm like, I have anxiety. Yeah. Oh, anxiety. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. Um, All right. There, there are some things more valuable to sacrifice than your life. That's what I got out of this episode. Yeah. There are things more valuable than your life that you can sacrifice. And we see it from Mon Mothma. And we see it from uh, Luthen. We see it. We see it from a number of the characters. There's, there are things that they are fighting for that are more important than their own lives. Yeah. 
sacrifice my life? Sure. My daughter's life? Okay. Hold the phone. Time out. And I will also say, you know, Josh, you and I talked about this of like, there's, there's a, the only problem that I have with Andor, like the only problem is that this is such good Star Wars that I want to introduce this to people that don't like Star Wars and be like, hey, come and watch this. They're going to fall in love with it. But then after Andor, where do you go? You know, you're, well, you're going to Rogue One at that point, but yep. then the rest kind of feels like something different. And I know that a lot of Star Wars fans like to compare Star Wars. This is better than this, or this is better than The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, I'm still extremely excited for the next season, which is coming out, but it's a very different kind of entertainment. Mm-hmm. This in particular is something that just grabs you emotionally and makes you think, it kind of puts you in the position because how many times have I rooted for an ISB agent in this series? Right. Like, oof. But we talked about that and we had like pretty, not a ton of conversation over it, but it's like, it, it's almost compartmentalized, like in, in a good way, like open this box. If you want this, open this box, if you want that, you know, and we didn't know what we were getting when we opened the Andor box. And then we will, and we'll be like, and we, but we did, we opened Rogue One and everyone always say like, my favorite Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back, but I really like Rogue One. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, okay. It's because they're not even in the same category from a Star Wars perspective. They're, they're, they're t- two different things. I called Rogue One very early on, you know, I've said it 20 times on the pod, even it's, it's like the, the modern warfare of Star Wars. I, I didn't know how to define it because it was so different. And then, Guess what we're getting out of Mandalorian? We're getting uh, people that are... Oh, Andy's leaving. Bye, Andy. He's got a uh, personal break he's got to take. I'm going to take him out. It'll just be me and you, Kans. Well, he's... Intimate. Well, um, and Andy's not behind you. <laughs> he's setting up his stuff. This is this is ADD Andy. There's a... Uh, what are you doing? Oh, oh, he's back. He's back. Got it. I thought you were literally just running away. He's back. So anyway, there's uh there's 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 compartments, and I think Mandalorian fills a excellent compartment for you know you can almost put it in tiers, right? Like we you talk about the human level. Well, Mandalorian is elevated. He's a little below, but boy, you start bringing the Jedi, and then you go up to the to Star Wars, like the original episodes. This is about a Jedi. This is about literally a king. You got the kings. You got the generals, you and got now we're dealing, wizards. dealing with the with the uh, yeah, and the wizards, and now we're dealing with the with the ground troops, which is great. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, transition. Yeah, let's transition. We're gonna keep Cads though, right? Absolutely. Unless Cads has to go. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm here, man. <laughs> Cads, before we uh, transition, mm-hmm. real quick, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, what 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 you pedal. Oh, right, right. Uh, on YouTube, you can find me at Cads Baker. You can put that in K-A-D-S Baker. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Find me on YouTube. Find me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I, I wear a lot of hats. I want a Holocronicles one. Um, <laughs> yeah, on. so what, what can they look at? What, like what's like, you get some big vids there, man. So yeah. What, yeah. So during the pandemic, I had a, uh, a conversion project that I did with a van. I turned it into a log cabin on wheels. I'm a landscape photographer. So having a vehicle that I could go on backcountry roads and go camping with and easily wake up at four in the morning to sh- shoot some sunrise shots. That's what I wanted to do because during 
peak pandemic, everybody wanted to go everywhere and there was no, not too many places that we could go. So made a channel directly about that, pretty much exhausted my resources on talking about that. If you want to learn how to build a camper van, you can go to my channel and I tell you all how to do it. But I am now uh, transitioning over to what it is that I do for my career, which is photography, um, teaching photography, uh, doing a lot of backpacking trips. And if you like gear talk, I talk gear. That's kind of what I do five days out of the week. So yeah, no, come and, come and, come and check it out if you want to. Come get nerdy with me. Some, uh, Tatooine shots, uh, or at least desert mm. shots. Very oh, yes, I, I do have a love affair with the desert. Yes. All right, all right, Andy, transition. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. The round of applause for cats. Mm. Uh, thanks for, thanks for all of the insight there. That was a great conversation. You're coming back. We're gonna do this. Oh again. yeah, it's a series. Definitely gotta, coming back. At least till uh -huh. the end, or and then we'll dive into some other stuff. Andor's we we got to get a red sixty nine. You know, we got to get we got to get him out in the desert. You know, maybe he lives in the like <laughs> fear and loathing in the desert for sure. With a, with a nice big pool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. free ring blow up pool. Yeah. All right, our friends over at Red Five Designs. Uh, by the way, update, the books have arrived in London, in the UK. They've arrived in the UK. Last I talked to Johnny, they were having to get them out from customs, but they have arrived in the UK. Everybody, transport has left the, books, the station. The books are transport coming. Transport has left the station. The books are coming. Okay, we are Our transport is away. Hey. Um, what I have here is a companion book to the Red Five Designs uh, action figure Star Wars book. And this is the card back identifier. And this ties in very well with our, uh, our spinner for today, a Red Five Design toy review slash spinner. We'll get the, you get the button ready here? Oh, I'm, I'm almost ready. Okay. Um, in after after tonight's episode, uh, I want you guys for a chance to win this this book here. Whoa, this, whoa, this, whoa! We're giving that book away. We're giving this book away. You took it off my shelf. You got two on the shelf. <laughs> that was this book. Add Andy. The, He's also this looks cool. Klepto Andy. <laughs> no, we would like to give one of these away. One of these companion books away, so that when you get your own big book, you've got this one right next to it. So you've, you've got a you've got a bathroom book and you've got a coffee table book. Sure. So um, yeah, you can keep that one on your coffee table and the big one in the bathroom <laughs> for a footstool. Yep. To put yourself in uh, into the drawing for this, what we want you to do is mm. just put your favorite quote from this season one episode ten. One liner. Give what's us your, your one liner. What's your favorite one liner from this episode? Was it one that we talked about? Was it a different one? in the comments after the episode is over on YouTube. And from that pool, we will pick a winner. And by the way, get two entries if you can uh, screenshot or prove that you sub to Cad's Baker's uh, YouTube page. Uh, that'd be cool too. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 Up on that. You got tens of twenties of people coming your way. Just Thank you. Even <laughs> singles. Um, Josh, our yes, Red sir. 5 design toy review. Here it comes. Oh, perfect timing. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a loose figure and loose card back pairing 
a vintage Star Wars set. This is one of my own. I've been, I've been pretty happy. Ooh, got fancy lighting, Josh. Nice work. This is, uh, this is something that I have recently dove into, just off into the deep end, completely consumed by it in the last few weeks. These cases I got from Ian's Displays, uh, the American branch of uh, GW Acrylics over in Great Britain. The American I, branch? The, I think this is such a good way to finally display some of my nice card backs. I have a few pretty nice card backs. Display. And what I'm doing is that I'm taking my uh, variants and my doubles and putting them in front of these card backs. And I Double think variants look fantastic. Sexy. Three and three quarter inch. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. Not exaggerate. <laughs> this card back is an original Darth Vader 12 back with the, with the proof of purchase. Unpunched. So anyway, this is one of my nicer card backs. I thought this would be a good example to show. I actually brought one more, um, but it's got a little ledge for the figure to stand on. Tiny ledge, but it'll be fine. So it, so it matches up with the uh, with the with where the bubble actually went for that card back. So anyway, I think it's a fantastic way to display. They're protected. You get to actually see the card backs. They don't just go into a comic booklet or a sleeve that goes into a little binder. Um, I, I love this. I love this idea. And I, I thank you. Shout out GW Acrylic slash Ian's displays for this. No, hold on. What do you think, Josh? These are rad. So I have to be completely honest with you. I hope you're not eating Cheetos again. Um, I have to be completely honest with you. Uh, card backs like that. They were cool to me. Like they're ripped off and like there's no figure and there's no bubble and you buy the card back and you can you can get these at any con uh, you know you can find them online and i wasn't super attracted to them but when you showed me this i'm like oh i, I want to collect these now because that is a great way to kind of repurpose you know a card back that that is basically kind of dumb without the figure on it and he's gone so i can say that it's kind of dumb if you don't have the figure on it so um he's putting it back on. oh yeah <laughs> No, we're not gonna do it again, but I'll hit the button. All right, Andy's running back. All right, no, these are these are great. These are great, these are great. Um so this is my other, this is another one of my really nice card backs and one I had to pay a couple bucks for. It's a 20 back or um 20, 20 back Boba Fett on the Star Wars card. So this would have been like the first version of that card back to come out. And it's in really nice shape. It also is unpunched and has the proof of purchase on it. So Shit. it's, yeah, it's, it's worth a couple bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brett would probably get a kick out of He's that. Oh, yeah. And so that's For just Brett. a regular. Oh, yeah, Brett. Um, but yeah, you see the nine is a 21 back. Sorry. Nine and twelve is twenty. <laughs> we just witnessed Andy calculate calculate in real time. Carry <laughs> the one fingers. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah, they're gorgeous. It's such a good way to display card backs. I love them. I think they're great. 
Cads, what do you think? Oh, uh, ten out of ten. The, what? <laughs> ten out of ten? Yeah, yeah. Choke me harder, Vader. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, these are cool, right? The, uh, like, jeez. <laughs> All right, Kets. I'm not ready for that. There he is. That's Kets Baker. You too. Choke me harder, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm, mm, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Your cousin agrees. Oh, I like how he is. Is Sam most the yep. one time he makes a comment? Yeah, it's a wiener comment. Of course it is. He's been spoon. He's been sleeping through all the Andor talk. <laughs> Heard <laughs> Wait, the music and waiting to ignite a saber. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, these are great. As a matter of fact, <laughs> funny story. Andy shares these on a private on our little uh, collector chat group, shares the pictures of them. And I'm like, oh man, those are sweet. Like give my thumbs up hearts, but I don't say like directly to any, like those are badass. I really want those for my card backs. And then I don't know, 15 minutes later, Hey Josh, what are you doing with your card backs? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, go to hell. He goes, you want to trade me something for those card backs? I'm like, not up to those sweet picks you just sent of that those card back holders. Absolutely I not. I, I I screwed that up. You I did. Have that was a bad. I should have That's asked. A, this is a collector untip. Yeah, don't yeah. do what I did. If you don't. want something from your buddy's collection, <laughs> yeah, don't show him the cool stuff. Don't show you're gonna him do how. With it. Yeah, don't show him how awesome it could be for I don't know twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> or 30 i don't know how 25, much yeah. 25 all right whatever <laughs> you dumbass that's yeah. what i, I literally my bad. said that my i bad. was like not after those cool pics you sent yeah. i'm buying them that's my bad all right well that's uh those are great spins. you got another one or is that it nope i just brought those two and remember uh red five designs books coming out soon if you want a shot at getting this uh companion booklet for the card backs especially it's a great little book way more information than than shoot this little there's more in here than you that can possibly imagine. Sound like cats when he was I trying know. to talk about sabers. But I think something. he was listen. I was. Right. You were just <laughs> so put your favorite quote from this episode of Andor in the comments on YouTube after this show, and you will get put into a drawing for this little companion book by Red Five Designs. And spark that light button. Come on. Didn't you remember? He's like, spark the floor, spark the floor, and then <laughs> climb. And then he didn't. And the water came out, and one guy died to save. We never even talked about that because of electricity. It shorted out at the dude's foot that didn't make it to the table, but it saved Kino because it shorted at that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty rough. He looks down and he looks up. He's like, I'm and that sorry. was like, yeah, that that slow look up, that yeah. realization. Yeah. Attack! Yeah, yeah, that was badass, man. Can you believe that there's two more episodes, and then can you believe that there will not be? more episodes after the two more mm-hmm. man we'll have to go back there's gonna be a season two well i know there is 12 more well, i was there i was in the room okay You're, i was in the room you there i was in the room dave told me there was gonna be another it wasn't season. dave never more than 12. my friend david your friend dave, friend dave all right Filoni. uh thank you very much um cads hey. for joining us um thank you for uh your awesome insight uh thanks for being uh, you know related to me Oh, you know, yeah, it's where, Excellent. you know, there's, there's one more shout out we need to give and that's to our friend, Nick Nolte. I mean, Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Nick Nolte Milky. Happy birthday, Nick. Oh, we, it, we'll, he was, uh, he was here early on, but uh, I don't know if he still is, but. Well, he was happy birthday, Nick. I hope he's not here. I hope he's out there celebrating his birthday on a what Thursday is he? night. What is he? 28? 
Mm, yeah, I think he's 31. You're a dick. He looks <laughs> no older than 28. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Make sure that you uh, spark that like button. Uh, tell all your friends about it. Share. Just share. At this point, at this point, we love that you guys are here and you're going to be here. Thanks for your participation in the chat. But if we get a few more of these homies in here. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great. And uh, thank you to CADS. Uh, very special CADS for joining us with your insight. And uh, make sure you check out CADS Baker on YouTube if you like. Oh, Nick's here. Uh, cool shit. Oh, Nick's here. We love Nick's. All right. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. <laughs> All right. Full disclosure. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I had a brain lock and all I can think of is Nick Nolte. It's not Nick Nolte. He's like Milky. I'm like, it's Milky. Of course it's Milky. It's Milky. Nick, it was that, cool by too. the way, was it Nick? If it makes you feel better, that was at three in the morning. I woke, I, I was like, the frick is Nick's last name? It's the weirdest thing. Uh, you I woke up first I don't thing always, thinking about Nick. I don't always dream about you, but when I do, I fuck up your last name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Hey, go play with your toys. <laughs>